Hello there and welcome to, well, a supplementary hyperspace chat episode of Hello There, a Star Wars podcast. Nate here. Um, so I realize that you guys haven't had an episode for a couple weeks and I do apologize for that. Uh, we've kind of had some issues, I'm not going to lie. Uh, both Anthony and I have been very busy with our jobs the past couple weeks, but we actually recorded a hyperspace chat together last week. And for some reason, something went completely wrong with the audio on Anchor, and it ended up just getting deleted. So uh, you would have had an episode last week, but there was an error with Anchor, and so that happened there. Uh, But I figured I would give you guys something, because I I don't like the fact that you haven't had an episode for a couple weeks. Um, And I want to make sure that you get some kind of content out there. Hopefully there will be a full episode this week. If not, can guarantee there will be one for next week. We have a lot of exciting things to talk about. Uh, most importantly, we're going to give our Thrawn Alliances review. Um, I have completed the book. I believe Anthony is just about close to finishing. But I can't wait to give you guys our review for that. So basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of give you, since I had finished Thrawn later than, <laughs> excuse me, since I finished Thrawn after we had recorded our review of the first Thrawn novel. I figured I'd give you my thoughts on it, kind of give you a summary of how I felt about the book, and maybe some kind of in relation to Thrawn alliances. So, I think that Thrawn, the first book, is definitely a fantastic Star Wars novel. Probably one of my favorites, and that is a little unfair because I have not read uh, a lot of the other Star Wars novels, but I'm, I'm changing that. I'm, I'm getting that fixed real soon. But on top of it just being a f- fantastic Star Wars book, I think it's a fantastic book in general. It's uh, especially the audio book form. It is just brilliantly put together. The story is great. I love the dialogue, and this goes into the actual physical book, not just the audio book. I love how the dialogue is played and how it's written out and how you'll have conversations with Thrawn talking to someone and then having his thoughts and then maybe Price or something like that. Um, So overall, Thrawn was a fantastic read, and I think that the ending of it was a perfect... The ending and the epilogue were just an absolutely perfect swan song for the book. I'll be honest, probably about three-quarters of the way through, I did kind of fall off a little bit. Um, And that mostly has to do with the fact of I was really, really, really trying to finish. And so I was doing other things while I was listening to it, and I kind of wasn't really paying attention. So there's a good... There's not a good part, but probably towards the end of the book... um, before I would say the closing act being the the battle on um, I think it was batch four. Some of the names since I don't I haven't actually read them like you listen to audiobook sometimes the names don't don't register all the way. But that last part I paid attention to completely. So just to talk about the ending real quick. Um, spoiler alert if you haven't listened to it you know if you're listening to this then hopefully you have but the epilogue of this book was great it was fantastic just the amount of cojones on Thrawn when he walks up to the Emperor and he's meeting and Thrawn's like 
So you want to tell me about the Death Star? It was just like, boom, mic drop. It was such an awesome scene to like listen to or to read, whichever one you did, if you if you read or listened to the book. It was just like, wow, all right, cool. Like it's it. They kind of had this build up throughout the book of you know, I wonder what all of this Dunium collection is, and then you kind of realize that it's the Death Star, and then for Thrawn to be like, so tell me about this Death Star project, it was just a really cool moment. On top of the fact it ended with Vader coming into the room and having you already known from the beginning of the book that Thrawn had an interaction with Anakin Skywalker, it was really really cool to like see them kind of interact. And that definitely carries on to alliances because that's the main point of the book is him and Vader together. Uh, but we'll talk about that whenever I, I get on with Anthony because I have a lot of thoughts on it and uh, I can't wait to give you our full review. Uh, another thing I really enjoyed about the epilogue is what happened with Eli. So Anthony said this and I kind of agreed to an extent, um, but I think from the beginning I really did enjoy Eli from the very beginning of the book. So... It was great to see, though, that he was a, if not the main character of the first Thrawn novel. So to have his ending be that he is going to take a place in the Chiss ascendancy was really, really cool. Like it was, it was a very good moment to have, and it felt really good. It, it, it kind of had okay, Eli had this potential happy ending. Um, so I really did, I really did enjoy that. There's nothing really bad I have to say about the Thrawn. Uh, see, it's hard to talk about this. Thrawn, you know, when we talk about Thrawn, it's going to be the canon story. It's not the heir to the Empire and things like that. So uh, I can't, I don't really have anything bad to say about Thrawn at all, really. Uh, it was a, like I said, a fantastic book. There were probably a couple filler scenes that I really didn't care for, and I've already ex- addressed this. The, the main thing about the book, I guess I could say, would be a complaint, would be the audiobook. Uh, in terms of Mark Thompson, who did a fantastic job, some of his voices I just wasn't jiving with. His Jew here kind of had that valley girl, oh my god, like I just, I, it was really, really, really hard to listen to uh, for me personally in those, but um, I thought his price was very good. And his Thrawn, I think, is fantastic. But another interesting point I have on this is, having not seen Season 2 of Rebels yet, I'm going into seeing Price on Rebels in a new light. Um, When Anthony was first telling me about it, at first I was like, okay, cool, maybe I'll give her, like, the not a benefit of the doubt, but see her more as a complex character than this kind of bitchy, character that Anthony portrayed her out to be. And then I got to the ending of the book, and I'm like, oh, no, I just hate this character in general. Um, and I don't know if Anthony agrees with me on, on this or not, uh, but the ending, so something that happens in the ending of the book is uh, this mining outpost that that the Empire is at, or, or Thrawn and, and um, the Stormtroopers and stuff are at. They're trying to catch Night Swan. And so they are here to not attack, but if it comes to it, it comes to it. Well, Julia's mission is to get her fam, get her parents out of that facility as well. And so things happen again. Spoilers. It's full spoilers. What I'm talking about. Things happen, and the bodyguard that was with her, or the person to help her to kind of scope out the area for the insurgents, 
she ends up killing him because he is not willing to take her parents, which that I could understand in the character of her wanting to save her parents at all costs, killing this character that we don't really care much about. I didn't have a problem with that. The problem I had was one of the things that's done is they rig explosives on the shield generator in this insurgent camp, and uh, they rig an explosive to a weapons like depot, basically. There's a lot of like explosives and, and things like that. So, there's a lot of civilians that live in the same area that the shield generator and the other uh, weapons depot or whatever it is is at. And so the Empire, unbeknownst to Senator Price, or Governor Price, the Empire had sent a rescue team to go look for her and, um, I can't remember the, the guy's name, go look for them. And so she finds that out. And so what does she do to cover her tracks and make it not seem like, have people not know that she killed him to for her own benefit to save her parents? She just explodes the weapons depot and doesn't explode the shield generator and basically kills I don't know how many civilians they don't say how many civilians but it, it makes it seem like a lot and so it's one of those things that's like okay I don't have respect for a character who's willing to risk that many civilian lives or, a, or just however many civilian lives to save your own ass like I'm like no that's not cool like that's just a disgusting character and I don't care for her at all so I can't wait to see what my reaction is to her whenever I get to watch Rebels whenever that will be thanks Disney um, I can't wait to see how that turns out because I just I think she's a disgusting character but something I really did enjoy from from the end of the Thrawn book is Thrawn thinks the same thing and she kind of basically puts him in a position to where he's in between a rock and a hard place so I do have a lot of like sympathy and I have a lot of respect for Thrawn as, as a character which I didn't think I would have going into this book um, so that's basically my last thoughts, my finished, my closing thoughts on the first Thrawn book, and uh, I'll save my thoughts for our full review of the Alliance's book, uh, but but I, just to kind of give you a brief recap, I really did enjoy it. It definitely is a sequel book, um, and it had a lot more action, which I appreciated, um, but it was, it, was a, it was a really good book as well. So another thing to talk, I want to talk about, just real quick, is... Sorry, guys. That is my navigation telling me I'm jumping out of hyperspace. That was really corny. I apologize. So, <laughs> another thing I want to talk about real quick is I've been finishing, I've been continuing with my Clone Wars rewatch. And I'll talk more about this with Anthony because I, I, I kind of want to get his opinion on this. But um, watching it in the chronological order is really neat. And it actually makes me watch it in a different light. Like, so a lot of the episodes in season one, I have seen before, but now that I'm watching it in this order, it, it gives a kind of different context to it that makes me more excited to watch it. Because I've already seen the Clone Wars series twice. I saw it once when it aired, and then again when it was on Netflix, and then with the Lost Missions. So I wasn't super excited to re-watch it again, but doing it in this order has allotted me some uh, uh, a good amount more excitement than if I was just going to rewatch it again. And I actually got into a, not an argument, but I had to try to explain to, um, to someone about why they came out in, that, in the order that they did originally. 
and why it didn't line up chronologically. And the only thing I can guess would probably have to do with animation and budget and, and the way it told the story. Um, that could be me. I'm curious what Anthony's opinion is. But I am about halfway through season one, including the chronological stuff like watching the movie before it and things like that. Um, and I'm really, really enjoying it. There's not very many things, well, except for the fact that there are a couple episodes, for sure, that I'm just like, I'm not going to watch. Um, the downfall of a droid episode, the one where R2-D2 goes missing, I know this is a complaint that everyone has seen before, but having finished out the Clone Wars and then going back to rewatch this 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 episode arc, the two episode arc, on Texas 49, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Like the animation is horrible. It looks like it wasn't finished in some scenes, and then even the even the dialogue doesn't line up. Like I thought it was just me. I thought it was just me going crazy. I'm like, this doesn't look like it's adding up. Uh, and then there's just like really weird techno music in places that it shouldn't be. I actually was like, you know what? I've seen this. I don't have to watch these again. And uh, I'm curious how many times I'm going to do that in this rewatch. Hopefully it's not too, too many. But I know there are a couple arcs that I'm fine with missing because I didn't care about in the first place. But I, yeah, it's, it's so... It's also really weird. Um, starting with Cat and Mouse and then going forward... Uh, and then going to the movie, like all of that had a different tone to it. It had a, a tone that made sense with the story. Like it, it didn't seem very childlike. It seemed like it was trying to tell the story. But those two episodes in particular, they seemed very made for Cartoon Network. Like these are for children. And maybe that's why a whole lot, a whole lot less care was put into them. I'm not sure, but that's something I definitely noticed having rewatched it again. It's like, oh, I can't watch this episode. It's it's just not. It's just it's gonna ruin the experience for me, unfortunately. Um, so that was kind of an interesting thing that happened with me on that. But other than that, I, I started picking up the 2017 run of Darth Vader, and that's a really good. That's a really good read as well. It's really good um, secondary content that I, I didn't think I would find as interesting as I did. But that's really gonna do it for me. This was a lot of rambling, so I do apologize, but. Um, we haven't really ironed out what a hyperspace chat formula is. To me, it's just kind of our off-the-cuff uh, thoughts and opinions about whatever we're doing in the Star Wars universe, you know, when we're just driving in our car. So if you like this, make sure to let us know. Uh, as usual, if you enjoy what we're doing here, make sure to share it with your friends. Leave a five-star rating on iTunes so that'll help us get up in the charts and we can give you better content, you know, going forward. Um, for us, we just love doing this in general because it's it's an outlet for me and, and my good friend Anthony just to, to just talk about Star Wars in ways that we hadn't before. So if you guys like it, I really we really hope that you do because we enjoy doing it because it, it's it's just great fun to talk about Star Wars with someone else who really does appreciate your opinion or what you're trying to say. So I guess make sure to let us know, leave a comment leave anything and you can also leave us a tip if you want with the, the uh, tip jar function on on patreon now if you like the show you can leave us a buck you can leave us five ten whatever fits your fancy it just shows hey you enjoy what we're doing uh, that's going to be it that's going to do it for me on this hyperspace chat hopefully we'll have an episode a prime episode uh, up this week if not we definitely will get you one next week uh, we're sorry for the delay like i said things have been 
really hectic for both of me and him. So, uh, can't wait to, to hear from you guys. Can't wait to give me some more awesome Star Wars content, our review of Thrawn Alliances. Got some more cool stuff coming up uh, that we can't wait to talk about. So, uh, General Kenobi, you are a bold one. And then this is typically where I go. So uncivilized. So since it's just me, I did both. Um, eventually, I really want to throw in like a, a, like a grievous impression or something. So we'll see about getting that done. Because that seems pretty fun. Anyway, I'll check you guys later. Have a good one.